Professional wrestling wouldn't be what it is today without Ring of Honor, there ain't no question. You can't dispute that, all right? Let's be real. We've been working for this company our entire adult lives. You know, this has been home. We've been blessed enough to be in this company where we've had some of the greatest tag team matches we could even dream of. We've had freedom here. We've had liberty. We've been able to dictate our own destiny. I mean, the end of an era. That's the, what it is. I remember the very first show, the era of honor begins. And now here we are, damn near 20 years later. Yeah, but I totally feel in my heart that this is the end of an era, but it's not the end of the road. No, it ain't the end of the book. It ain't the end of the book, the end of this chapter. I mean, there's been different eras throughout the history of Ring of Honor, different chapters, and this particular one is coming to a close at Final Battle 2021. And what the future holds is exciting uncertainty. That's what that's the, the phrase I've been using. It's gonna be the one, man. It'll be historic wrestling show, yeah. historic wrestling event, historic moment in time yeah. in professional wrestling history. Where were you that night? Exactly. I would say if there was ever a show that you wanted to see, especially if you're coming to see us, you don't wanna miss this one. So Jeff, I know you were at Final Battle last night, the end of an era for Ring of Honor, and I just watched on TV at home. And I got to tell you, man, it was emotional for us watching it at home. I can't imagine what it felt like being in that building last night. Yeah, it was history. You knew you were part of history. You knew you were witnessing history. It was very sad, um, melancholic. Um, you know, the, the night was not about the results. A lot of the results were sort of, unsurprising even the ones that were a little bit surprising in hindsight you could say okay they wanted to 
thank this person for their service or give this person a belt so that going forward they could say that they are the champion or, you know, I think in this next three or four month period, we're, we're, I mean, I think the writing's on the wall, but, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. If they're going to have security deposits or have promotions, pay licensing fees or or what they're doing. or But they're obvious, they obviously want these titles to be bandied about and, you know, on at least the indies and some maybe, uh, you know, minor broadcast shows. Um, but we'll see. You put it right. Definitely historic. The crowd was was very aware, for the most part, of what they were witnessing. Um, a mostly smart crowd, uh, but definitely an all-in-the-tank for Ring of Honor crowd. How was the crowd? Because it was really hard to get a feeling of it on television. How full was the building last night? Okay, so this is the U- University of Maryland Baltimore County campus. I think they call it the Chesapeake uh, Credit Union Arena, something like that. Now, every, every everything in Maryland is Chesapeake. Um, the it seats at full capacity. It's basketball. It's where the uh, the Retrievers play, not the Terrapins. The Retrievers every now and then make it into the, six, the tournament of sixty four. Um, seats about forty seven hundred. That's not including floor seating. The entire upward upper canopy was was not full. Uh, it. Nobody, there was no seating, zero. Um, on the side, not of the hard cam, probably, I'd say, 30% of that, I mean, it was tarped off. The, the bottom section, top section, ev- everything. Um, you have your normal tarping off of, you know, sort of around the ring area, the, the entrance. Um, so I would say... Given that it was pretty crowded, though, um, in, in the other in the places that were available and the floor, I, I didn't count, but I, I would say somewhere between twelve hundred and fifteen hundred, which you know, three or four years ago for a Ring of Honor show was good, not great. Um, actually, three or four years ago for a Ring of Honor show was not so great. Within the last year, it would have been sensational. I dare say if they were doing that, those numbers consistently, maybe they'd still be here. Um, but I have to say a little bit disappointing um, that, that the whole place wasn't sold out. Now, I don't know if they didn't make the tickets available. Obviously, it wasn't about COVID. Um, a lot of people were talking about the during Best in the World that because of COVID, they weren't selling as many seats. Bullshit, they were. I, I mean, it's not like they were social distancing the tickets. Right. Um but maybe the, I don't know what to tell you, but the, the, it was probably, I'd say around 1500. If someone says it was 2000, they're not, I'm not going to call them a liar. I'm just going to say their eyeballs are more accurate than mine, but I would say about 1500, just judging from the amount that was just blocked off. And, and there were empty seats, not a lot, but there were empty seats. I didn't watch the pre-show. Um, as far as before the show started, was there any kind of fanfare, end of an era, like, let's really make this one count? What happened before the show actually kicked off? Um, no, we, we were there well before uh, kickoff. And basically what you saw was were just versions of the commercials that you showed, the vignettes. Um, and those were repeated about three times. So I guess they're going to, they're at least anticipating breaking this up into three blocks for copyright purposes and for future rights and marketing. One thing I've noticed about Sinclair, uh, and I don't know if it's a Ring of Honor decision or a Sinclair decision, but whoever it is, 
they really overvalue their shit and and and, and the value of their brand and I think they always have and I think they're still doing it. Uh, and I think we're going to see the you know the library. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people were saying, you know, people should go to Tony Khan and let him pe have people show off in exchange for the all-in rights. I mean, that's the one thing Sinclair absolutely should not do. They should hold on to those rights. That's that in their library are the most two valuable assets they have, uh, even beyond the name. Names come and go. Um, but yeah, there were a few. I mean, Carrie Silken came out first. He sort of did an awkward uh, clap dance. That's um, uh, Carrie Silken for you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he's got about the same amount of rhythm as me, um, which is not a lot. Uh, Joe Coff gave a speech thanking everyone, and he actually wore a suit and tie this time, as opposed to you know looking like a, a I don't know sort of a semi homeless man. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's weird hearing like a like a homily from him or you know a thank you speech from him because I mean he has to be involved in a lot of the bad decisions. Um, uh, you would be surprised by that. Okay, well, surprise me. Well, I, as far I, I don't know if you're talking more historical context or what's going on with ROH currently. Uh, as far as what's going on with ROH currently, as far as I'm concerned, Joe Koff is a freaking saint. Uh, he has absolutely went to bat for this talent, getting talent released from their contracts. There, there was a lot of people in Sinclair that just expected these guys to go and sit at home for six months and not collect the paycheck and then come back and be happy to work in April. Um, and Jokoff was like, uh-uh, not happening. Um, no, those aren't, those aren't the surprise. I, was, I, 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 I guess I mean historically last five years. Yeah, and, and with the big one being Matt Taven over in the garden. And I, I think we can all kind of look back at that moment now and say, unfortunately, that was kind of the beginning of the end. People came out of Madison Square Garden thinking, wow, New Japan is on fire. And what the hell is going on with Ring of Honor? And th that was kind of the beginning of the end. I think that that's probably fair. I mean, you know, how important that was versus other things, I don't know. But that, nothing is ever one thing. Uh, and that was definitely a big thing. That was definitely something that caught national, if not international, attention, which is sort of ra rare for Ring of Honor in the moment. There's plenty right. of like CM Punk came from Ring of Honor. Uh, Seth Rollins came from there. There's lots of that. Uh, but you're right. In the moment, it, in news, that's different. But yeah, no, we were talking about different things, which is cool. Um, so he came out. Then uh, Quinn McKay made a little speech. Now, everyone knows I'm in the tank for Quinn, but Quinn tonight abandoned her button-up shirt, suspenders, bow tie for a booby shirt. Now, I'm a red-blooded, you know, out-of-touch, cis-gendered, whatever the term is. You're I a like dude. You're a red-blooded American male. That's right. I, I, <laughs> I like boobs. I like Quinn McKay's boobs. I didn't want her to be in a booby shirt. I wanted her for this. I wanted her to be the nerd girl with the bow tie and the outfits that really didn't match. And she really didn't care. I wanted her to be the, the, the nerd Quinn McKay, not, not sexy vixen Quinn McKay. During the women's match, when we were watching Willow and Roxy for the women of honor championship, there was no, such I, just, match. I kept thinking Quinn should have been in this match. Like Quinn McKay should have been in that match. Yeah, the thing is, uh, um, there were a lot of people, there was a lot of guest commentary. 
And it wasn't emphasized for the show as a shunta, but I imagine for the viewing audience it was. And I mm -hmm. saw that Quinn was was there, and I thought that maybe it wasn't a, a booby shirt blouse. I thought maybe it was wrestling gear, and I thought that maybe she'd get involved and they would make it a, a three-way and let her get that title. I, I I did hold out. There were a couple things I held as as hope uh, that, that might happen. Two out of three of them didn't. One did. Um but we'll get to that sooner or later. But I agree with you. But that match, that was the low point of the card. That that match, I mean, a few minutes in, I'm, I'm like, I actually yelled at it. I said, okay, I've seen enough. Call it. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> yeah. And there, and there was some support for that. And then later on, the other people were saying the same thing when it continued to just get worse. I mean, Willow and I, Willow, I mean, is I guess she's doing like this, like, Face Bailey married 1982 Dusty Rhodes and had a child, and out she came. Um, Roxy, uh, you know, I appreciate her youth and her exuberance and her training and all that, but the two of them together, and I've seen them both work and do better things together, but this match screamed Shindy. This match was a botch fest. Most of the moves were missed, and when finally Roxy got got a win that she shouldn't have got, I mean, this, this was like a, an Adam Cole match or... You know, where he, you know, or a Young Bucks match where they should have lost 14 times, didn't hit one move, and then they win. Um, that match was was terrible, but yay, Roxy, she she keeps her title. I guess we can skip ahead to one of the surprises. Deanna Perrazzo walked out slowly, uh, challenged Roxy, said, uh, you know, I want, th I want that title to go along with my AAA mega women's championship. And I'm soon to be three-time Impact's uh, champion. So, you know, obviously Impact isn't involved. Uh, we, you know, because she, has, she doesn't have that title. Um, but that, that's fine. I don't know they were, where they're going to meet. Um, I, you know, I don't know how, again, I don't know how they're going to hold these, you know, let the talent hold the titles. I, I guess if they give them security deposits, they already have it or... Maybe they're just trusting them. I don't know. Maybe they just want the name not to die. Maybe you never can always that. sometimes tell. That's what a wise man once told me. Yeah. Yeah. So you, um, it hasn't filtered uh, up or down to you with uh, what's going on with those titles? No idea what's going on with the titles at this point. Um, I, I mean, if I'm Bandito, I'm absolutely pissed. You know? I mean. Oh, my God. I can't believe we didn't start with that. The well, this is the most poetic Ring of Honor 2021 or really 2019 through 2021 thing that could happen is that, you know, they put the title on the wrong person. Um, <laughs> what you did to Jeff to get him talking about women's wrestling. I pop for it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's not hard to get me to talk about things. It, it, it's hard to get me to talk positively about things. I mean, don't even talk about the crowd reaction, which was almost none. The only thing I'll say about the Willow... Roxy reaction is that it got more than the tag team match reaction. Uh, except for Chelsea Green's by the way. Oh, you're talking about on the pre-show. The pre-show uh, women's six-man tag or six-woman tag. Oh, see, I'm not really sure which was pre-show and which wasn't. It seemed like there was almost two pre-shows, like there was the six-man title match, and then there then they did like the commercial again, and then there was a, a, another section. Then that they was did all on the pre-show. Okay, Bobby Cruz like introduced the show three times when when they're like I said I think they're they're overvaluing the value of their different various copyrights. Um, so yeah, the most Ring of Honor thing is that they put the title on a guy really nobody knows unless you're really really a deep cut insider wrestling fan. 
Big mistake. I got skewered for it for months on the Ring of Honor Facebook page. Net Bandito should not have been, you know, the champion. Not that he's not talented. Not that he's not good. Not that he doesn't try. All of that. It's that nobody knew him. And when you're a flailing company, you, you need to put on someone either that people know or that people are going to want to know. I mean, there's a lot of 185-pound luchadors out there that can do the same stuff and are, and are good. Like, you know, I, like, I like Bondito a lot. I'm just, I'm not sure in the present landscape where he fits in. I mean, unless it's like, uh, go back to Mexico, obviously there's CMLL, AAA. You, you, he could do all kinds of stuff there. Even in New Japan Pro Wrestling as a member of the junior heavyweight division, I could see him getting over there. Dragon Lee's over huge over there. Um, but as far as like American wrestling, I know the AEW guys have always been very, very high on Bondito. He was part of the main event at All In. Um, I'm just not sure where he would fit into a major, whether it be AEW, WWE kind of context at, at this point. Uh, neither am I. I mean, because there's a lot of people who sort of look and do the same thing, yeah. including Dragon Lee, including Ray Oris, including Flamita, who <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Flamita soon. Um, but, the, the, you know, anyway, you put the title on somebody that you shouldn't have put the title on. And the most Ring of Honor thing is, is that days before where he's, He's finally going to give the title over to the to the standard bearer of Ring of Honor that still works for Ring of Honor. Um, flunks a COVID test. Hope he's okay. Hope he doesn't have COVID, or if he does, that it's you know a lighter case and it's a quick recovery. All of that stuff out of the way, and that your title is vacant basically, and that they make it up at the beginning of the show. They tell us it's for the World Championship, and then one of the times one of the reintroductions, Bobby Cruz says it's now official. Well, if you were in the crowd, you already thought it was official or knew it was official. Anyway, so now this title strip, it's vacant. It's Jonathan Gresham and it's Jay Lethal for the 9,000th time this year for the Ring of Honor Championship, which is, I mean, it's poetic justice properly. It's also poetic justice in the negative proper way that right. the, 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 it's a vacant slot uh, on their very last show. Let's talk a little bit about the main event. Jonathan Gresham captures the original Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship in about 15 minutes. The ending felt rushed to me, um, like they were just trying to get out on time. And Jeff, as soon as Gresham wins the title, Jordan Grace jumps in the ring. and You've got all the wrestlers surrounding the ring. Happy wrestling, everybody! And they sign off because they were up against the clock. What happened after the TV broadcast ended? Okay, it's interesting because it very well. I, I mean, I know eleven o'clock is a hard stop with right. with paper. So Jonathan Gresham got the three count. Is around ten fifty eight, ten fifty nine when that happened. So I was very cognizant of that. And then he took the mic. So uh, I, I don't know what you did. What we did not see with. any of the promo. Okay, so it's probably for the best for Ring of Honor. It was. Did you see the EC three promo earlier on? With that? unfortunately, okay. we did. Okay. This was similar to that. It was basically, uh, you know, Ring of Honor was, uh, uh, you know, first of all, thanking everyone. He's, he was very gracious towards Jay Lethal, who did not stay with the rest of the talent. He walked off somewhere else, maybe because he, you know, felt he wasn't with Ring of Honor. He shouldn't anymore. It's like. Interesting. Uh, all of the people who, there were some surprises. So we had Braun Strowman, the Titan. Uh, we had, I think it was Shane Thorne and Wesley Blake um they were that's, with him. that's what i got too yep 
Okay, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I, honestly, I couldn't tell if it was the Shane Thorne one. I was kind of iffy on. It was definitely Wesley Blake, but I'm pretty sure that was Shane Thorne. Yeah, it, then it, it was it was because I think Shane Thorne and Wesley Blake used to be a tag team in NXT. So the three of them, they were not part of that surrounding the ring. Neither were FTR. So obviously, if you weren't part of the company, you felt that you weren't you didn't belong there. And maybe that's why Jay Lethal wasn't there, though. I think he, his bona fides are well established. Deanna Peraza and Chelsea Green, they, they didn't feel that way. But at least Chelsea was on the show. Deanna Peraza, she was right there with Chelsea Green down there. By the way, it is striking when you see Chelsea Green in person, her body weight, her, her mannerisms. A, she's extremely camera and TV trained, like, like where, where to strike a pose, even above and beyond other people with just as much TV time, the, the allure, uh, Allison Kay, it's it's different, but she also looks a lot like Britt Baker. Like if, if she, she could just dis- stay healthy, that's yeah. her problem. If she could just stay healthy, if she just did her makeup and her hair different, she could be Britt Baker's understudy, and then she wouldn't need to stay healthy. Is that <laughs> Britt could that be doing like medical procedures and whatever, and she could be pretending to be Britt Baker? That's not what you <laughs> asked me though. Um, so yeah, the whole ring was surrounded by the the Ring of Honor uh, talent. Everybody was happy, happy. Honestly, I didn't know who some of the people were. I think the Dalton Castle's boys were sort of in the back there. I mean, some of them are security. Some of them are, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the promo was Jonathan Gresham, like I said, thanking Jay Lethal. Um, Basically made a big deal about pure wrestling, which he still is in denial that pure wrestling. There's an audience for pure wrestling, and he's going to test it. Um, But the audience for pure wrestling, Let's just say generously, it's the same as the Impact audience, 95,000 people, to, and it's probably smaller. But but whatever it is, still pretending that that, that is the salvation, everything else is ruined, uh, and that Ring of Honor has finally been purified, mission accomplished. So it's good that it's closing, because I finally purified and got rid of the stench, uh, and I'm going to take the heart and soul of Ring of Honor with me to terminus and that's when they put the foundation because and he says because i am the foundation now listen terminus is a cool name but it sort of means the end but to anybody who's in geek culture if you like wrestling chances are you are in geek culture that's the walking dead where they found cannibals so uh, that's all i think is that they're going to eat each other which maybe is what they're going to do um that that's very pro wrestling as well not metaphorically Uh, i know gresham's also going to new japan strong um, and I think he'll be a very welcome addition to that roster. Yeah, Gresham is physically the weirdest thing. I mean, he he's he's five foot two in every direction. I know it, it's unfortunate. Like if Gresham was six foot two, he'd be the best wrestler in the world. I mean, it, yeah. it's insane. I, I think even if he was five foot eleven, he he. I mean, he'd be at least in the in the wrestling fandom com- conversation. Like re- he's still in the deep 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 cut conversation. Uh, but most people are like nah. Um, he did make allusions. He's like, I am now the best wrestler in the world. There was a time having this belt meant you were the best wrestler in the world, period. People saying it still is. And he's like, yes, but no, it isn't. <laughs> Let's be honest. And then he said, there are two people out there in the world who are very important to the history of these companies. And I'm thinking Big E and, and Roman Reigns. I don't remember that. Um, you know, he wasn't even talking about a cut. I mean, the inferences he's talking about Brian Danielson and um, oh my God, why CM, CM Punk, Punk? I assume, yeah, yeah, right. The two best in the world. 
though neither of them hold the belt now. So, you know, well, wait until Wednesday. <laughs> I hope you're right. Um, not, you know, not Adam Page, not, not Okada, not, you know. Well, let's yeah. not get carried away now. Let's not get carried away because Ushko Okada is still the best wrestler in the world and nobody's going to convince me otherwise. I, I'm not, this is not an argument. I'm just, I'm just going off of his promo and, and who he talked about. So I'm pretty sure he meant uh, uh, Brian and CM. And, and that was, and by the way, there were videos throughout the show and, and that was a nice touch. I mean, some of those guys put a lot of, lot into it some of them put nothing into it and cm punk being cm punk decided that this was time to give us a lesson on wrestling and the business of wrestling that cock that's cm punk for you i mean you know that's that's just kind of the way it goes anything else interesting after the show went off the air just the gresham promo and then everybody went home or anybody else grabbed the mic uh no the, the gresham was surrounded by the foundation and matt taven because he, he i guess he's now going to be part of that as well or he just thinks he should be in the spotlight at all times well and that part's found- absolutely true <laughs> the foundation is tracy williams uh jonathan gresham um meth i mean retitis and josh woods at some point joined the foundation so that they was have- when he beat gresham for the pure championship he was extended the invitation now i love john josh goods but i don't love the foundation um so i, I have mixed feelings about this but they had all the singles go i mean they had they had the pure title right. they had the tv title and the and the world's title so it looked pretty good just not the tag titles uh and that's because we all know the briscoes are going to aew um but no, that 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 was really it. And even if there was going to be more, people left. People started leaving. A lot of the wrestlers were, you know, fist bumping and shaking hands with crowds. At first, it looked like just friends, but no, it was like everyone. And and you know, they were taking some time, and you could see that they were sort of sadly walking up. And some of them, you know, you know, bowed to the crowd and did the thank yous and the hearts. And you know, Mandy Leon, who looks like she ate Mandy Leon, blowing kisses. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it no, not, nothing else happened. Obviously, the foundation part and, and a bunch of those guys are going to be working in terminus. I don't know if that's going to be like a GCW, like it's going to be a continuing sort of semi storyline indie, or if it, if he's trying to work at a TV deal, like more like an impact, uh, or if it, or if it's just going to be indie shows where you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I know he's was working on his wrestling school for a while. Um, I guess, I guess we'll find out. I had the main event at about four stars, which is hard to get any higher than that. When you have Jay lethal versus Jonathan Gresham. And it feels like so predictable that Gresham is walking out with that title that obviously that title is not going to AEW. I thought they put on a very good match. They've had such an incredible series of matches And this just felt like it fit in, like even, you know, like Gresham working over the arm at the beginning of the match, like just callback after callback after callback to the storyline between these two guys thought it was very, very good. Did not think it was the match of the show. And I thought it felt a little bit flat, like midway through the show or the the match where the crowd was just kind of felt deflated, like it was sitting into them. This is the last ring of honor match that we're going to see. Yeah, uh, everything you said is correct. The, the, it, was too, it was too predictable. But there were also times where there were some misses, and there were times where it really it looked like Jade Lethal was laughing. I don't know if it, if it looked that way on the camera, but in the crowd, like... pick up on that. Yeah, people saying, it looks like he's laughing. And Gresham's wrist tape got on, you know, and that was sort of uh, 
That adds to the octopus thing for me, though. Like, look at the tentacles that he's running around with. Like, it's just become a signature Jonathan Gresham thing. Yeah, well, not to get too technical, but that's more of a squid thing with those sort of random tentacles. You know, that's a different encephalopod. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding, but I'm Using the word encephalopod on a pro wrestling podcast, that's got to be a first. It's got to be a first. Not for me, but but for the normal person, (laughs) yes. Um, yeah, th- this match I I wouldn't give it for it. It, it didn't deserve for it because it because it was so obvious and because of like it looked like Jay Lethal was laughing at times and at times there looks like maybe Jonathan Gresham was trying to hold back the the laughter. Um, it, it was particular. One other thing, there was one other thing that Jonathan Gresham said at the end, and I wish I could remember exactly what it was. It escapes me, but it was nothing sort of burying the company. I mean, there was a lot of burying the company, not like, you know, this is the last show, we're so sad. Oh, he's only going to defend this title in pure wrestling rules, which, you know, again, I I think that was part of the self-imposed Batan death march of mistaken ideas. I mean, I, I I like them bringing back the pure title in the era of the pandemic when you're doing it without fans. It was something different. It kind of became the identity of Ring of Honor again. But in front of a live audience, I, I just I don't think that pure wrestling rules work. I just and don't. No, I don't either. But also, to your world titles only going to be defended right. that way, and also Ring of Honor for a while was doing only pure matches mm-hmm. one pure match on a card is, is cool or on a one hour show what one every three weeks one every two weeks cool but if that's all you're doing it's boring that there's a reason nobody sells tickets to see greco roman wrestling it's, it's just not that interesting let's jump back to the beginning of the card the the main card proper started with dragon lee versus ray horace match goes about 13 minutes i was about three and a quarter um this is lucha induced insanity but it's almost become a trademark of ring of honor in this era since the elite have left they brought in so much lucha talent tried to fuse it in with the western style of professional wrestling dragon lee is about the best luchador that i've seen on the face of the freaking planet when it comes to adapting to the american style of professional wrestling this is just catch your breath and hold on to your pants for 13 minutes how did it go over in the show yeah, Dragon Lee is definitely the crispest. He's he, and and he's a lot better than Ray Oris, El Dracona, Azteca. Uh, but you're right, Ring of Honor. It's sort of been like they have a show. They open with a with a luchador match on the main show. Um, but in true Ring of Honor fashion, they they don't always make them like super fast, like like they should. Like Flamita and I think it was Ray Oris um, had had a like a super fast match. Um, at best in the world. I, I don't mean like two minutes. I mean, they were move, they were flying around. Dragon did not look, uh, I'm sorry, Ray Oris did not look in shape. Um, and it was obvious. There were a couple times he slipped off the ropes. And by the way, I, I know you don't want to talk about the, the pre-show, but I'm, I love STP. I'm wearing my STP shirt. Uh, kudos to O'Shea Edwards. He tries. He's very big, um, but he's not quite ready. Moses has resculpted like, Moses, you can tell his arms. They're not just the, the big, you know, hams anymore. Now they're there. That's beef. It was that, that the, the STP versus uh, the righteous uh, or, or horror Inc. I'm not sure which version it is now, but that was like sponsored by Arby's. There was a lot of beef in that match. 
Um, but I'm also a big Vincent fan, even though he didn't return my text. Vincent, if you're watching, there's still hope. There's still hope. I'm very forgiving. But I like Vincent. And, and Vincent, who is or was the number one contender, he won that shot and didn't get it. They won the six-man tag titles on the pre-show, but they got something. He got something. It's a good act. Vita Von Starr was acting like a demented uh, Vanna White out there, just doing the this, this, like Harley Quinn, and she was having fun interacting with the audience. So I wanted to not ignore that match. Um, and I love me some Bateman, going all the way back to championship wrestling from Hollywood. I've always been a big fan of Batemans. Yeah, and what's this, what's the Dutch? Dutch is huge. I mean, man. I mean, he's he's a big fat man, but he's also got big arms and there are lines where shoulder muscles should be in there. And there's a bulge where a bicep should be. He's just a big, big man. And if he gets away from this dirty redneck thing, he can, he, he could, I don't know what else you do when you're that big, except being evil Santa Claus, but he, but, but he could do, he could be something somewhere in a company that values women like him and Brody King as a tag team would just be, they would kill the Indies. They would absolutely kill the Indies. Um, but he did one of those. I mean, listen, every match had to have the suicide dive or the swanton over the top rope with, with the, the quail move that JR hates so much. And rightfully so. There were plenty of times when the, they were just setting him too long. But everyone did, including Dutch. <laughs> and and Dutch made Moses seem normal-sized. Um, so, wow. But, but that was a... That was a fun opening match. Was the women's tag team match the sixth person? Was that on the pre-show also? That was on the pre-show as well. Yep. Okay. Um, I did not catch the pre-show, ladies and gentlemen. If you're wondering why we're not covering it, I, I didn't see it. Well, the Hex was there. They are the NWA women's tag team champions, which is funny because I think there's only like four women in NWA. They also had another set of tag team titles. I don't know what they are. I didn't hear what they are. It sounded like they said are something. I, I'm... I'm but maybe it was PWG. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but they apparently they have two sets of tag team belts. They team with, um, I think they team with Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green, Allison Kay, and Marty Bell versus the Hot Mess Express, Miranda Elise, Angelina Love, and Mandy Leon. Yeah, so Chelsea Green's still doing the Hot Mess thing, even though everybody knows that she's married to Matt Cardona. Mandy Leon looks enormous. Um Angelina Love is still is you know still in great shape, but is starting to show her age. Miranda, I think she pronounces Alize. I'm not sure, but she's one to watch. She's good. She's young and she's good. She has a she has a familiar look and move set to Roxy, which is I think why she dyed you know, colored her hair bright bright red. But she's a little bit bigger. She's probably more like five three rather than five foot. But she's good. She works the crowd. She was working heel. She can definitely. So pay attention to her for those of you who like women's wrestling and indie women's wrestling, because she's somebody who could be signed and can help a division and, and you know, be signed by an impact or start being seen on darker elevation in 2022. But this match was just OK. There was no there was no reaction except the Chelsea Green's um, entrance. No reaction whatsoever. So, all right. So the opening match it was fine, but Dragon Lee won. He should have won. Ray Orris didn't look so good. 
Yeah. Dragon Lee. I mean, he, that guy can go pretty much anywhere. He is so freaking good. And his English is actually surprisingly good for a typical luchador. Um, I, I think AEW should scoop him up, but I hope he ends up in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I, I was texting a little bit with the real A-Track, A-Track Brown, who, you know, I, I won't hear from him for months, but he'll text me in the middle of Walmart Live pay-per-view. That, um, that sounds like A-Track Brown. That is in perfect time. I mean, he's got to escape his 97 wives. Um, he's a different kind of chic. Um, yeah, this this is... Uh, yeah, Dragon Lee, I mean, we were talking, though, about, uh, you know, he, he's always putting AEW into everything, and I think AEW takes just enough that it makes it look like they're working with, but I think they're actually sort of pilfering and helping themselves, which this is... Everyone, when I say things like that, they're like, Jeff, you hate AW. No, no, th this is a business. It's competition. This is this is what they're supposed to do. And, and, and when they fool you, this is what they're supposed to do as well. So good on them. But if New Japan, Strong, NWA, Impact, and maybe whoever the hell else is still left, doesn't, if this isn't a wake-up call that they need to start working together cooperatively, unselfishly, they're idiots, and this is a great opportunity to do that because there's literally 200 available TV-trained free agent wrestlers there. And by the way, this is also will help other indie wrestling because if you think, no, that's not going to help indie wrestling to have another sort of big territory like that, you're wrong because if you go to an indie show now and they can hire Wesley Blake for the same $300 that they could the guy that works in your community – they're hiring Wesley Blake. And if they can hire Keith Lee for $600 instead of the, you know, the guy who was the mid-card guy there, they're hiring him. So if you want indie wrestlers to continue places to work, you need to have bigger places for the bigger wrestlers to work. Then we got our first of the uh, kind of thank you videos throughout the night. Eddie Edwards from Impact Wrestling paying his respects to Ring of Honor. Of course, Eddie Edwards had a great run inside of ROH as part of the American Wolves. And then we go to your TV championship match. And Jeff, a lot of these guys, as I'm watching the show, I'm thinking, okay, where do they end up? And of everybody in this match, the only one that I really want to see on my TV on a week-to-week -week basis is Silas Young. Um, I feel like Dalton Castle's window closed about five years ago when he put Ring of Honor on his back and it literally broke. Joe Hendry has never done anything for me. And then you have the winner of this match, Rhett Titus, who if you're having that Mr. ROH conversation, Rhett Titus probably in that conversation, but I don't necessarily see a bigger platform for him, maybe a GCW, something like that. But Silas Young, I cannot get enough Silas Young on my TV. I freaking love this guy. The last real man. He, he just looks like he just beat up a bunch of dudes at the local bar. And he's headed to come to the wrestling show and beat those guys up too. I love the gimmick. I love his demeanor, the way he works a crowd. And man, when he wants to go, he can go. He looked like he hadn't been in a ring in about, you know, three, four months. But Silas Young gets himself into shape. You can put him on my TV anywhere, anytime. Yeah, Silas Young, the most perfect wrestling face in the world. The only thing that, that I'm mad about is he didn't wear his little, the last technical wrestler robe and come out smoking a cigarette. Because that, because because those two things were perfect. But can we talk a second about Joe Henry? Henry? Because I, I do know what Joe Henry's been doing the last year, year and a half, and that's been injecting himself with horse uh, hormones. 
because Joe Henry came out looking like big Papa. Yeah, that's not Joe Henry. That 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 was, that was like crazy. Warner Joe Henry, <laughs> I, and it was so distinct because you're looking at the entrance video, which uh -huh. is you know the old entrance video, and then this dude comes walking out with the blonde hair and just yeah. swole up, and I was like, holy crap, dude. And swole is what you mean, like not like like swole, like recently stung by bees and swollen, but like I'm there going, I believe in Joe Henry. Yes, I do. I believe in Joe Henry. This was I, I don't know who this was, but this was Joe Henry who who leveled up like you know four times. He like bought the crystals, you know. He paid the nine ninety nine and bought the crystals and leveled the hell up. I, I mean, it was hardly recognizable who the guy was. But yeah, I love Silas. I just think at his age, he's going to be more of a trainer. But him as a, a manager who can take bumps. I mean, if there's still a role in, in other companies for that, great. He'd be great in NXT as a backstage producer. Oh, my God. He'd, he'd be great anywhere. You're so right. That's I mean, true. I, I, I want to say WWE, but they've got this stupid edict that, that, that we're not looking at indie wrestling anymore. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean that it's, it's gospel. Hardly anything they do is gospel. But and it's hard to to wish anyone going there except for the money because the right. what kind of security is there? Um, but yeah, I love me some Silas. But I was like, Dalton Castle probably got one of the biggest pops of the night. People love his act for for a company that loves real wrestling, no nonsense. He's all nonsense. I mean, the boys, the peacock thing, the whole thing. You know, I. I I guess somewhere embedded in 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 real wrestling is 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 like deep levels of delusion. I will tell you that the three biggest pops of the night. Now, let me say this: the Briscoes had the most sustained energy of it, as they should. They earn it. They are great. They work their asses off. But Dalton Castle gets the biggest pop and biggest pops when he does his little antics and when the boys do the little antics. La Sakari was hysterical every time those four guys would, you know, sort of like flutter like schoolgirls and jump up and down and do claps. She was hysterical every time. And when they would move sort of like the cartoon Japanese geisha girls did from like the 1970s cartoons, um, she was hysterical. Um, but Danhausen on commentary, huge ovation, huge ovation for Danhausen. Don't tell me that's not sports entertainment. Don't tell me Dalton Castle's not sports entertainment and the biggest pop of the night. Granted, there was a surprise, but released the Titan. And when people saw Braun coming, who, by the way, he is enormous in He's person. He's two foot taller than everybody else on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe the only people who might not look shrimpy compared to him would be Brody King, who doesn't have a muscle in his body. Uh, Dutch, who's, you know, also quite fat and and probably Shane and Moses who you know they're, they're in a different kind of shape uh right. but Braun that size I have a, how did WWE releases guy like like literally I made a joke in Hammerlock Hangover that, that the only rule they have is that when you put things in a bingo twirler and you pull out the name the rule is the only rule in WWE that we adhere to is that if you pull that name out they're getting released the end there's no no conversation because how do you release this guy but in a ring of honor crowd where wrestling is pure and wrestling is real, right. somebody who is the exact antithesis got the biggest pop. Granted, it was a surprise, but still the biggest pop. And not just when he first came in, the entire thing when he's throwing people out, when he took Brian Johnson, threw him over his shoulder and carried him out. 
people loved it. They were eating it up. I, you know, I'm interested in Terminus. I mean, I'm worried that it's a little bit of a MAGA promotion, but hey. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Uh, let's talk about Hangman. They they cut to the Hangman video thanking Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And I look over at Carly and I say, and this is why Hangman needs to lose that title on Wednesday night. He's the second person that you put on this thing. The AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Second person on the show. Went over like a fart in church. Nobody cared. In all fairness, most of the videos went over like a fart in church. And part of that is because we couldn't really hear it. Um, and nobody, you know, there was nobody. Bobby Cruz wasn't doing announcements saying, and a special greeting from. I mean, that that would have right. been nice to, to get us to be quiet and listen. It took a while before we knew that the video was, you know, a, a message, but the audio was really bad for us. Huh? So there a little fairness now. But yeah, what I heard from Adam Page was your your usual demure, boring, dull, regular guy probably would be in a corner booth at a diner eaten by himself, Adam Page. I love Hangman. I just don't love him as the world champion. Just we agree. You know that we agree on this. And yep. and I think that we are two of the people who said that he should not have gotten that championship ever, that he's just not that guy. And it's it's nice to want to see it, but yep. it, 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 the same that's the thing with Hangman. You want to see it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it, like for me, it's Dreamer versus Raven. Like Dreamer should have never beat Raven. It was the biggest mistake of his freaking career. Raven should have just kept pummeling Tommy Dreamer into absolute oblivion. And that's how I feel like with Hangman. Like you love the chase. You love him getting to that title match. And then he loses and he's got to start over. And it, the money's in the chase. It's not in the rain with a character like Hangman Page. I, I, I'm I'm with you, uh, you know, or at least until that story dries up. And then you have him turn, become a brutal heel and try again. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, the, but the hangman page, like like a fart in church. Um, yeah, look, look, lead on, sir. Lead on, sir. Let's talk about McLovin. Josh the Goods Woods retains the pure championship. Uh, still, one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done over the course of my pro wrestling podcasting, Josh McLovin Woods. Uh, <laughs> funny story about Josh Woods. So I did all this research on Woods. I have like his full like background, his amateur wrestling career, his MMA career. I could not figure out how old he was. Saved my life. Could not figure out how old Josh Woods was. And I asked him on the show, I'm like, Josh, how old are you, man? And he comes back with old enough to party. And from that moment on, he has been McLovin to me. He will be McLovin forever. He defeats Brian Johnson in 12 minutes. As far as a pure rules wrestling match goes, I really enjoyed this one because of the story that they told. You've got the chicken shit heel, Brian Johnson. He uses up all of his rope breaks within the first couple of minutes. And then Woods just overwhelms him. I thought this was absolutely masterfully done. I had it about three and a half, three and a quarter stars. How'd this one go over in the arena? Pretty good. People like, I mean, Brian Johnson has a, has a small but very devoted following. I love Josh Woods. Uh, that stuff that Josh Woods did with Silas Young, call back to Silas. Oh, so great. Two guys, one tag. That was gold. When, when he was training him to be a real man, I mean that that should never end. That was that was so good. They should take that act wherever and and everywhere. That was that Agreed. was great. And they and like uh, PJ Black and and Brian Johnson copied it, and Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry copied it, and it worked every single time. 
The Arcade Bros is basically the same thing. I mean, everyone copied it. The Broserweights copied it. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's, it's the, the odd couple tag team. I mean, it's been done for years. Hey, team Hell No. It, it is the Arcade, but it was a different one. It was almost like a, a mm-hmm. mentor begrudging mentee or you know begrudging mentor but they you know i don't know it's two guys who just didn't like each other too and the chemistry was great it was perfect um by the way do we do we say the red titus won the the tv championship in that four-way match he did red titus won i already forgot i mean a few people you care but most people red titus is one of those i like red titus as a talent but he like he's just never found that personality to go with it like even when he was doing the bodybuilding thing like i thought that was about the best thing that he was doing when he'd come out and just pose for the entire match but the thing just never clicked he's got a great build but he's so slim so it's not like it it almost looks like he's emaciated building it's Let's face it, this is a man who needs a luchador mask. But like, and he's in there with, with Swole Henry, who all of a sudden is like has Mac Cardona's, you know, new body. And and so he doesn't even look like the Haas in the match. Anyway, shout anyway, out to vitamin B12. Exactly right. Miguel Tejada. So, so that was a reward to wet red ties. Okay, the only issue I had with the uh, pure match is that Brian Johnson ran through his three rope breaks pretty darn quick i mean the first two were basically within the first two minutes and that didn't really play into the story at all that i thought it 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 should have i mean it was like a diversion without a payoff like either mm-hmm. like you know either it didn't play in for some reason um or or it really played into it that said good match I, i've never really been a brian johnson fan because he's you know a very i don't like small wrestlers i i realize he's a talker and in jeff world that means you're a manager that sometimes gets involved in stories um but josh held on to it good terrific nice solid match a very ring of honor solid match i'm still amazed that 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 somebody hasn't been offended by the by the thing mecca and and he's still allowed to do it Maybe nobody, maybe not enough people know about it. That's that's a is that. working theory. Um, but yeah, good match. But I, you know, I don't know that there's much to talk about on it. Can't be final battle without a fight without honor. Kenny King and Shane Taylor just tore this freaking place down. They used everything that they could possibly get their hands on to beat one another. And then, of course, they hug at the end because it's Ring of Honor. Uh, this match, about 20 minutes. Um, and if you enjoy violence for the sake of violence, this is absolutely your cup of tea. It feels like ROH does one of these every final battle. These two guys did not disappoint. I, I thought this was really, really good. I even kind of wanted Shane Taylor to show up at the end of that main event last night and just pummel Jonathan Gresham and walk out the final ROH champion because what Shane Taylor has done inside of Ring of Honor over the course of the last three to four years basically since he knocked out Keith Lee and the pretty boy killers went away. Um, The platform that Shane has created for himself, the message that Shane is putting out there. I, this is the black lives matter movement and the way that it should be done inside of professional wrestling. I thought the run that Shane Taylor promotions had inside of ROH is one of my favorite runs of anybody inside of roh because it was just so damn well done shout outs to shane very good friend of mine i thought you absolutely killed it my man 
Jeff, how did this thing go over inside of the arena? Because at a certain point, it was kind of violence for the sake of violence. But, you know, it's the ROH crowd. They love that shit. They did. And Juventud Sicario, this is this was his favorite match of the night. So, that you know, and, and you know, he, he's only been in the country about two months now. He knows WWE. I think he sort of understands now that there are other companies as well. I mean, he knows he wasn't on a WWE show but I don't think he understands the distinction between Ring of Honor and AEW and WWE right. and all of that stuff. Um, so this is the first live show he's been to, and I think he was surprised that we, the arena was sort of small. Um, let's see. Uh, I love me some Shane. I think that your idea would have been great. Uh, I actually love what Shane Taylor Promotions has also done outside of Ring of Honor. It's Absolutely. What, like they have really taken this brand and turned it into something that they could take on the road without it being like, you know, uh, 10 pounds of, of gold, you know, sweet Charlotte, you know, absent something like that. It, it's rare. I mean, like Matt Cardona might be the only parallel who sort of created something, but Matt Cardona also had 12 years of being on people's TV and, and that fame. I mean, these well, guys I mean really built it from scratch for me jeff the reason that it works and it, if you've ever had an opportunity to talk with shane he is very very authentic the character of shane taylor that you see on tv and the person that i talk to is very much the same person to me like the closest comparison is the briscoes like there is just a certain level of yeah. authenticity to those acts that is so sorely missed in professional wrestling today. Yeah. I did an interview actually with Shane Taylor promotions. It was my first sports interview and it was all five of them. So oh, it was wow. my first and it was all five of them. So I'm not going to say it was my best work, but I, I agree with you. Very authentic. And the best parts of the interview were, were towards the end when we stumbled into anime and and sort of they started arguing about like uh, Naruto and things like you know and and that and and that was great because you could tell that they were they were friends but all the things I suspected were true I'm like sounds like you guys are really in it together yeah I'm like I'm like I wouldn't be surprised if you guys didn't have an LLC where you were all uh, members and they're like yep we do Shane Taylor Promotions LLC I mean yep they they're doing everything right the the only thing that I'm I mean, I'm a huge fan, and they have this big banner that says strictly for the culture. But I don't think that I, I listen, I don't understand exactly what that term means clearly, but I don't think it means me. But I'm so in the tank for them. I wear a shirt. I've been a fan for, for going back to the Keith Lee Shane Taylor days. But Pretty I mean, I Killers, you bet. I, I saw Con and Moses before they were going by Con and Moses when there was Soldiers of Savagery and yep, MCW. Yep. So, um, but you know, whatever that 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 aside, maybe I get a maybe I am part of the culture. I don't know. I'm I'm 53. I don't understand things. Um, anyway, uh, this match was was really good and really fun. But there was a lot of time when there was a lot of time spent moving things around. Uh, now sometimes Kenny King played it off like he was like sneaking and lying and waiting and whatever, and that was good. Um, but like there were two tables that were they were set up together and like Shane moved the two tables so they'd be set up together, like you know, obviously so they could do a spot. But like in a real fight, it's like, well, the two tables they're next to each other already lined up there. You, you had to take two minutes to line them up over there. I mean, why would you do and there was I mean there were there were some 
there were some awkward things. The ladders fell down a couple times. Tables didn't set up right. So it, you know, it was it it was like a violent version of a Young Bucks match, too choreographed and too married to the choreography. That said, fun match, good match. Uh, I, I wish that it was a little bit smoother. Listen, I understand it's hard to do it with these 18-foot ladders and these cafeteria tables and whatever. You'd think after 20 years of doing matches like this, they'd figure out a way to use different tools that were both safe, breakable, and but easier to move and manipulate, or let the ring crew do it. Like, you know, you know, say, you know, you know, have the ring crew put put them in in preordained spot uh, places. I don't know. But yeah, fun, fun match. Definitely kept you interested. Shane is enormous and, and seeing him anywhere near one of those ladders, which are basically, you know, sort of tempered aluminum is right. terrifying. It's terrifying. I don't think people realize how big Shane is because he's not that tall. He really has one of those throwback Samoan almost like Samoan bodies, like, like Afa Sika, you know, Umaga, like the, the giant lower body, but he's, his arms are huge. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. When I first started talking with Shane since then, he's lost like 80 pounds and he's still enormous. No, he's enormous. And, and you could tell that they're all working. I mean, Khan is, looks like he's carved out of stone. But Moses is sculpting his body. O'Shea Edwards is a big, strong. He, he's, he's got that Joe Hendry body, but O'Shea has been working at it for years. Now, I'm not saying he has or hasn't used anything, but Joe Henry, I, Hendry, I mean, this is new. This is, this is right. It's like he went to the store and bought a body. Right. Um, you know, o, O'Shea, he builds it, you know, and, and whatever. This, this is a big group. I like Ron Hunt. I don't really know what his purpose is with the group. Uh, um, he didn't really add much. It was funny when Vita Von Starr like you know, basically took him out at the end, and he was down and out for like ten minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm glad Shane got a win. I know him and Kenny King are real life friends, so terrific. At the end, Shane gave him like his his jersey. So I, you know, does that mean Kenny King is part of Shane Taylor Promotions going together? Will it now be a, a six man squad, including Ron touring together, going on shows? Why I mean, not? he he fits better there than an LFI. I mean, yeah, yeah, the LFI stuff was. I mean, the, the LFI never. It was it was almost doomed almost uh, immediately. Uh, you know, the, the, and, go ahead. And Kenny King is one of the most baffling talents in all of professional wrestling to me. I just don't understand. He's got a great look. He can talk on the microphone. He's good in the ring. And there is zero connection between him and the audience. And that's always been the way that Kenny King has been. Like, he's just never found that thing that connects him with the audience to where you care if he wins or loses. I've just, I've never understood why. Where does Kenny King go from here? I don't know. I think he should hitch his hitch with Shane Taylor promotions because he's, like his his best times were in fa- like the the beatdown clan is is where yeah, I found it to be the, the 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 most memorable. Um, you know, may, maybe a few calls should be made to MVP and see if he's got any stroke. Uh, but I agree with you, Kenny King is one of those guys. He's he's sort of like like a Bobby Roode, where he's always there and always okay, but you don't really care. Um, he just doesn't have that spark. Listen, there's plenty of people. Adam Page doesn't have that spark. Drew McIntyre really doesn't have that spark. There's something where it just says, 
there's something missing. But I, I think what really hurt Kenny King was the Bachelorette. That's a valid point. That that's actually a very valid point. Like he was on the cusp. It was a big deal in the pro wrestling community. There's a pro wrestler in the Bachelorette, and and and, yep. and then you see him, and he's not tough, mm-hmm. and he's crying, and 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 he's a real person. But Jesus, I mean, it's not. I don't want my wrestlers to be real people. I want them to be, you know, Thor from the MCU. Roxy versus Willow. We talked a little bit about Roxy retaining the Women of Honor Championship, and then we get the Deanna Perrazzo appearance. Um, It seems like this is going to be the Ring of Honor Women's Champion versus the Impact Wrestling Women's Champion at NWA's show. That's that's kind of what I took from this thing. Um, I I don't know, man. It, it seems really, really convoluted. If Roxy is going to Impact Wrestling, I think that's a really, really good get for Impact Wrestling. When I look at this show, if I'm Tony Khan and I'm making phone calls, Roxy is on my short list because they really need help inside of that women's division. They do, but I I mean they have a lot of women and they they have they sign like for example Kiara Hogan. What's she doing? She's as good as anyone else that's out there. She's better than Roxy. I mean, and that's not a that's not a slight on Roxy. It's just she's got more experience. I mean, it, it, it's it's not an emphasis on AEW. And by the way, good on them for not trying to pretend that it is. Um, it's true. I don't know. I'm also a bit of a contrarian in this. I really wanted Ring of Honor. NWA, uh, MLW, Impact. I wanted them all to work together. Now it's clear MLW is doing their own thing. They want to create their own little brand in their own little universe. Fine. But New Japan Strong, NWA, Impact, and whatever's left of the Ring of Honor name, you know, if that involves Terminus, if that involves the Control Your Narrative EC3 brand, if that involves GCW, whatever... Whoever, uh, you know, the, the championship wrestling of the, you know, the UWN promotions, if they can all get their shit together and act like the territories in the NWA, they together could be a nice counterbalance. Um, and, and there could be a more. I don't think they could get the eight or nine hundred thousand that, or even the five hundred thousand that Rampage gets. But I think they could, they could put together three hundred to five hundred thousand. Uh, audience depending on the night maybe more maybe they, if they were on if if like impact let them have their slot from time to time or or if it was on a saturday night you know uh maybe they could get a half a million six hundred like an nxt rampage kind of audience if they had the right kind of thing so yeah i'm, I'm gonna but i the history of wrestling doesn't doesn't beget that kind of cooperation and that kind of unselfishness. You always want your guy to look better and good, but there's so much talent out there. And as long as you're not on, on TV, as of now, you can still get AEW talent on there as well. Even if they're only on AEW three times a year. I mean, Malachi Black wrestled Buddy Matthews again last night on House of Glory because Crimson or Amazing Red, whichever one, uh, got ill and or injured and couldn't do it. But, you know, these are major league guys. Uh, you know, basically, if it wasn't New York, nobody would know House of Glory exists. Yeah, no, that's true. Then we get to your segment of the night. Jeff, I know you were super excited to see your boy Adam Cole, baby, show up yeah. on the big screen. Um, 
And while this may have been just another one of those videos, I actually took something more from this. I don't know if you yeah. can hear it inside of the arena, but Not this really. was the closest thing to a babyface Adam Cole promo that I've heard in probably seven, eight years. Um, this was actually really, really good. And I thought it was a little bit of insight into the potential babyface Adam Cole run that I've been calling for for at least five years now. Uh, any, any Adam Cole baby chance going over in the crowd? There were no chance, but again, I, I think it's because by the time you realized what was on, you realize he's talking and you should listen. Um, so th th this was a um, acoustics thing in, in the place, but I don't think these were promos. These guys, I think they were, they were just talking. They were they just were talking just... from the heart. That's, that's yeah. very much the way it felt. It, it was it was very nice, and I know that some people are going to say Tony Khan could have sent them or whatever. Why should he? I mean, why should he? This 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 was enough. Um, I will say we already covered the main event, so I, I I said two of the things that there were two things that didn't happen that I was really afraid of, and one was when Jonathan Gresham said, "I'm going to defend this belt everywhere." I was terrified that all of a sudden you would get the Cody opulent thing, and Cody oh, would God. log out and, and do that. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Thank God. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was relieved about this. But, you know, it, it, it was nice. I mean, it's nice that the Paige, Cole, and the Bucks, the Bucks spoke for all about seven seconds, you know, came out. No Omega, no Cody. Okay. Uh, you know, but uh, Brian Danielson did it. No Samoa Joe, I guess, because he's under WWE. NXT. Yeah. I mean, they were. Play it, it was nice to hear from Eddie Edwards. I have to tell you that if his name wasn't on the screen, I wouldn't have known who he was. Still, after all these years, um, no Davy Richards. Uh, I understand he's a bit of a jerk. I understand he just cracked his rib. Maybe MLW didn't let him. But when I think of RH, Davy Richards is the guy I remember because flipping through channels, he was the only guy that had any muscles. So I'm like, eh, I'll watch this. Um, no Carino, who I, I think still works with NXT. So. I, I'm trying to get confirmation on that. I'm really not sure at this point if Carino's still backstage or not. I think so, but I don't know. Yeah, well, that would make sense why he's not able to, you know. So, I mean, it's Same thing with Owens, Generico. Like a Generico appearance I would have popped for hard. And it's even when cool. just his name was mentioned, that crowd started going off on the Olay chance. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Samoa Joe, Kevin Steen, El Gener, they they should have, Seth, they should have been allowed to send things. Maybe they were, maybe they didn't. Well, probably not. But yeah, Carino, uh, Nigel McGuinness, I mean, who I think still also works for WWE. I mean, yeah. listen, it's very obvious all people who we think work for NXT, WWE, didn't send anything, you know, so that sort of says. A I lot of them did make comments. On, on Twitter, Instagram, like they were making social media comments, but they did not send in video. Yeah, that's different. I mean, you know, you see Liv supporting Ruby and this, that, and the other yeah. thing. I mean, what they do on Twitter is fun. Did I ever tell you about my little, uh, where I got blocked by EJ Nduka? No. Okay. So uh, this is a silly little thing, but Odyssey Jones uh, tweeted something in support of EJ Induka and MLW, which is fine, but he also actually included the poster, like the actual poster for the MLW card, which is cool. And I'm like, hey, that's great. I, yeah, I'm a fan of the judge. Of the judge, he's awesome. Um, but are you sure working for the company that you're working for that you 
should have, you know, put the poster on there and actually promoted their show. I mean, aren't you a little bit worried? And and Duca, who's joked with me before because I've, I've been waiting for a Contra shirt that I bought for 12 weeks now, and he's like, I threw it out. Uh, you know, so it's not like, I mean, I don't think he knows me, but like, it's not like we haven't communicated before. Right. Um, he goes, are you being serious? I said, yeah, I'm being serious. It's not a slight on you. It's it's that he, he works for a company that's petty and this is, and he's very young and they've already proven that people are fungible. So maybe this isn't good for his career. And he goes, mind your own business. So I said, well, he put it on Twitter and it appeared on my, I mean, I don't follow Odyssey Jones. So it appeared on my timeline. I'm like, so he sort of made it my business. Listen, this is just, this is just, you know, this is just concern. And I said, but listen, now I know that you're sort of a jerk. So I'm going to mute you. Um, so I muted him. But I, then I see a tweet from him with a, the asterisk now. And I'm like, usually when you have asterisk word, it means I misspelled something or he misspelled something. You're correcting your. So I look back now is nowhere in there. I'm like, I bet that son of a bitch, bitch blocked me. I bet it's one of those things. You can't fire me. I quit. Sure enough, I, I push on his little avatar. He blocked me. The guy blocked me because I'm worried that his that his friend might get himself fired. The only pro wrestler that's ever blocked me is R-Truth. And that's because Rick and I used to do a seven-second dance party on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling podcast. And evidently, R-Truth didn't like that very much. I don't but, know if other wrestlers have blocked me. The only ones I know are now EJ and Duca and I'm, and Mike Bennett blocked me. But listen, I had it coming. I mean, I was I was I was tormenting the guy. But yeah. I've tormented other people. Like I try to torment Joey Janela and he torments me right back. I mean, he rolls with I mean like He's a bad, bad boy. He, yeah, but he doesn't nothing bothers him. He's like riddle, nothing bothers him. It, it's like some, shit. you can't you can't hate on it. At some point I just said, you know what? Respect. <laughs> Team Foundation, EC3, Taylor Ross, Eli Isom, and Tracy Williams took on Violence Unlimited, the team of Brody King, Homicide, Tony Deppin, and Rocky Romero, along with the hobbling Chris Dickinson. Shout out to Chris Dickinson. Um, this was a lot of fun. This was the most Ring of Honor match that you are ever going to see. We saw so many finishes. I mean, we got taken through the entire history of Ring of Honor inside of this match. It was very, very well put together. The match only goes 14 minutes, which was a little bit surprising to me. But at a certain point, as I'm watching this match, I'm like, holy shit, what's the finish going to be? Like, what is the finish? Because we're hitting everybody's finish throughout the entire match. And then I'm like, oh, wait, homicides in there. Of course, it, it, the cop killer has to be the freaking finish, the vertebraker, right? And poor Eli Isom takes the cop killer and he's dead, but somehow he kicks out it too. And, and, and then the shit hit the fan. Poor Eli Isom, big bad Brody King comes in and gives him the gonzo bomb from hell and gets the one, two, three. Homicide Brody King, Rocky Romero, and Tony Deppin getting the win. You know who I really felt bad for watching this match, Jeff? It wasn't Eli Isom. Eli Isom deserved it. I felt bad for Tony Deppin because Tony Deppin is the kind of guy that in like three years – would have been the inside of the ROH world title picture. Like he just screams ROH, everything about that kid. I really, really enjoy him. Hope he catches on somewhere. He will. Um, okay. Eli Isom did exactly what Eli Isom was always supposed to do, which is take losses. Get murdered. Get murdered. Yeah. Um, I did not realize this was team foundation versus violence unlimited. You couldn't hear that. 
Uh, obviously, they had Rocky Romero come in. You know, the big surprise. We already touched on that one. You know, so everyone would think the New Japan, you know, is is supporting Ring of Honor. No, they're not. And and we all know Rocky Romero works with everyone. We all know Rocky Romero is really New Japan strong North America. So swell. Well, and yeah. I really felt that way about this whole team. I mean, I'm hoping that Tony Deppin ends up there. Brody King is hooked up with New Japan Strong. Yeah, he had a killer is. match with Tomohiro Ishii last night on Strong. Um, Rocky Romero, Chris Dickinson, like th this was basically Team New Japan versus Team Foundation. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I mean, it, it looks like some of the guys from Team Foundation are going to be working with the EC3 promotion based on the aftermath. This match was fine. I mean, listen, this, this, you're right. This was a nostalgia match. You had your Rocky Romero's. You had your homicides. You know, your your old school, you know, your old guard. Uh, you know, Brody King, who's just an enormous man who, who doesn't look like he should be able to move the way he is, not just because of his size, but because of his build as well. It looks like they're, you know, and, and isn't he also in like a pretty successful band? I think you might be thinking of the butcher. No, I'm not. I, I know that the butcher is actually with a really successful band. I think Brody King is also in a in a pretty successful. Like, I, I mean, band. I could see him in a killer punk band. Like that would not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, um, you know who would know? Uh, John Draper. He, he he he's he's actually the source of that information for me. I think so. If, if but I don't want to. You know, if if I'm wrong, I don't want to. You know, say that he got it wrong. It, it's it, I could totally see it. Wouldn't any errors are of my own memory. Um, but yeah, this 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 match was fine. I, I don't have much interest in these guys. I have zero interest in Tracy Williams. I have, I have negative interest in Tracy Williams. I have fairly negative interest in Eli Isom. I, I think that he looks like an art student um, or a playwright or something. God's Hate is the name of Brody King's band. Ah, see, I told you there was there was a band. I I, I knew it. Okay, so. Uh, and it wasn't Draper. It's me. I'm a genius. I know everything about music. Um, yeah, this this match was fine, and the end was weird. There was an awkward where Eli Isom is sitting there, and uh, EC3 takes the mic, and everyone's like, "Why?" I mean, EC3 is like, I mean, this whole control your narrative thing. I mean, it's like it, it's like everything EC3 has touched has died. It, it's like his impact run died. He started a promotion. Someone got sick, and and the match got canceled. Matt Cardona's eye got broken. I mean, you know, his his Ring of Honor, you know, biggest match was he flunked the COVID test or violated the protocols and got kicked off the card. And now Ring of Honor dies. It's like, I, I don't know who would follow this guy. Well, I do, because next is going to be Drake Maverick once his 90 days is up, because him and Braun, uh, you know, they're all best friends. Right. Um, so anyway, he, he basically says that, Every organization, it's corporate wrestling, it's all money. They all suck. They're all corrupt. None of them care about us. I will rescue you. I will re follow me. But then he says, I lost my home. I have nothing. So why would you follow a guy that's broke? I mean, what, how are you, you going to eat? Don't you need to eat and have places to sleep? So that was sort of dumb, especially since his old, I mean, he's never really gone away from the Dixie, you know, uh, nephew thing. And he's never really eschewed it either. So, I mean, I'm looking, I'm still thinking, isn't he supposed to be the rich kid? Um but it was and anyway, so they're like follow follow me and control your narrative. And for whatever reason, Dak Draper comes into the ring and walks there. And Brian Johnson's like, Don't put my name in your mouth. And Eli and EC is says to him, You've lost every match. So have you, motherfucker. You just lost a match. You lose everything. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking literally everything EC3 touches dies. 
And, you know, Brian Johnson's looking like he's listening. Some people in the crowd are going, no, don't listen to him. Others are going, yes, most people don't care. It's in their hands. Then he goes, release the Titan. But for a while, like an awkward time, you could see two people at the top of the ramp. It looked like they were wearing those Michael Myers, William Shatner's mask, but it wasn't clear. Didn't know who they were. Somebody says that's a big guy. I'm like, is it? I, I mean, can't really tell. Um, and then release the Titan. Then just you see someone that's like three feet taller than everyone else. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Braun Strowman. And he comes marching in there and he destroys everybody. And the, the crowd goes, everybody's standing. And the whole place is gone banana. Then the other two walk out. And I'm like, is that Jackson Riker? How did he grow his hair back so quickly? I'm like, no, it's is, is that the guy in Impact? No, no, he looks like Steve Rogers. I'm like, oh, it must be the other forgotten son, the one I really forgot, Wesley Blake. And then who's that? I'm like, oh, my God, Slapjack. It's got to be Slapjack. I'm like texting the track, and I'm like, I think it's the forgotten sons. I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's not. And then I'm typing Pena also, who's at House of Glory watching that at the time. Um, so we are we are wrestling hardcore people, by the way. Um, but this was crazy. They beat the shit out of all of these guys and carry them out like a, like a, a sack of potatoes. Though, I mean, Dr. Aker's about six foot five. And, you know, by the way, if you could trade Duke Hudson for Dak Draper or Andre Trace for Dak, I would do it in a second. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, all Duke Hudson is, is, is missing is, is thickness. Um, but anyway, uh, but this, this was exciting, but basically EC3 buried not just Ring of Honor, but all companies, which is, I guess, how maybe he was able to get away with it until Jonathan Grasham did the same thing later, Mr. Ring of Honor. Um, but, you know, I guess he's going to be starting his own promotion. I, again, I'm not clear if it's under Terminus or under his own thing, or he's tried to do control the narrative cards before, but like, I think half of them have been canceled for various reasons. I think everybody's very, very confused by it too. And I mean, you, you can absolutely group me into that. I thought the whole thing was very, very confusing. Uh, let, let's let's talk about what I felt like should have been your main event, especially once Bondito was ruled out of the matchup with Jonathan Gresham. I thought they should have headlined with the tag team match. And I thought it was the best match on the show. The Briscoes defeat the OGK to win the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships for the 12th time. I, which is just absolutely incredible. They gave this stat during the show, Jeff, that I, I had to like put it inside of the notes so that I would have it. The Briscoes, 71 and 42 in Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship matches. That's insane. That's a career for most professional wrestlers. This just in Tag Team Championship matches, they did not disappoint. Matt Taven, I thought, looked great in this matchup. And then there's Mike and Maria. I My pop of the night, all right, was when I heard something for you hit. And I was like, oh, my God, Adam Cole is coming out with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. It really is the OGK. And then it was Maria Kanellis. And I was <laughs> like, oh, you sons of bitches. I like that from that moment on, I was fully in the Briscoes corner, as was basically the entire city of Baltimore. I thought this match was absolutely fantastic. It was the epitome of the Ring of Honor tag team division and how great it has been over the course of the last 20 years. And of course the Briscoes are going to win. Of course the Briscoes have to walk out as champions. I mean, it's the Briscoes and it's Ring of Honor. I thought this match was absolutely fantastic. Four and a half stars. Um, 
I'm going to go back a little bit to when Brian Johnson was doing a promo. He was talking about whether you're an American dragon or a punk, or he wanted to say Sandy Fork, which is where the Briscoes are from, and he said Sandy Hook. That's a pretty unfortunate botch there. Anyway. Didn't even catch that one. I never for a second thought that Adam Cole was coming out. The the music was pretty clear. There was going to be a Maria. Maybe on TV there was more of a delay, so you might think that. I would have thought TK O'Reilly just to give him one nod uh, out there because he retired early. Shout out to TK. That dude was so good. Uh, For concussions. Um, My favorite part of the match, of course, was when Mike Kanellis or Mike Bennett uh, actually feared Maria. That was fabulous. He didn't bother to check on his wife at all. Um, They sort of switched to his heels and faces. Listen, I famously don't like Matt Taven. I mean, boo, this is even before that they put him in that main event to, 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 to kill that wonderful card in Madison Square Garden. But he can work, and he does work, and he takes losses. I mean, he lost the, the, the feud to Vincent, so so good on him. I mean, I know they're friends. I love Vincent. Um, this was the match of the night. You're absolutely right. Uh, in, internally, externally, the Briscoes may not get the biggest pop of the night, but they get them. They have the most sustained energy by far. People go if they stop going man up, then they go dem boys. If they stop going dem boys, then they go Briscoes. You know, whatever. There's always some cheer for them. Yes, their family is 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 usually in the crowd. They normally bust in. All 872 Briscoes were there last night. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure that they really bust in a lot. I think the Ring of Honor actually sold enough tickets. But Dad was there. They had the the Sandy Fork. Um, uh, banner and and they were actually in the section next to us, which is cool. But they weren't. I'm not saying they weren't making a spectacle of themselves. Normally, they they're much louder than the average fans. Not last night. Everybody was loud. I mean, everybody. It was equally. So it's not a it's not a slide in them. It's a kudos to the rest of us who are actually up on our feet cheering. But everyone worked. This match was great. Lots of fake finishes, but it didn't feel stupid. It didn't feel forced. Yeah, there were a few matches, the a uh, few moves that they shouldn't have kicked out of. But, you know, it, whatever. <coughs> Jay <match>. Driller. <clears throat> yeah, Jay Drill, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Mark had to get in his, his Macho Man thing. But, you know, of course, uh, you know, Jay, you know, bloodied up his eye. And, you know, then you see the difference between work blood and real blood and how blood actually drips and you pools in your orbital socket and things like that. But, I mean, th- th- that's so Briscoe. I mean, his hair looked wild. I mean, these guys... And then, you know, they, they call out any tag team in the world. The lights go out. And before the match started, I said, are we going to get FTR? And, of course, Lascari and Juventud Sakara doesn't know what that means. The guys in front of me definitely knew what it, what it meant. But I, I don't think anybody thought it was going to happen. Um, and, uh, by the way, shout out to the guys in front of me. One guy looked like Brock Lesnar and, and Brian Malone has had a child. Um, oh, God. Yeah, but, it, but, but, hey, it's a wrestling crowd. And that that that's a wrestling. That was a wrestling fan. Um, no, but he had like the Brock hair pulled back. The the new Brock. Uh, it was great. But these they, they, it was cool. The people in front of me were cool. The people. Everyone was cool. What am I saying? Except for one guy. Oh my God! Somebody. I think it was the Briscoe. They wanted to pull out the Ring of Honor. This guy made a poster with the Ring of Honor logo, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to give you my poster." No, he's like, he's like, tug, he's like doing a tug of war with his with his own poster. Oh no, it was for Homicide. Um, when they posed with it and finally he gave it up and they're like, we're going to give it back to you. you fucking idiot. Everyone's like, everyone's like, give him a poster, you motherfucker. And so they gave him back. They gave him, and then, and then they, he rolls, rolls it up. Like it's a collector's item, his, his poster. And oh then he God. goes to shake Brody King's hand and Brody's like, 
<laughs> you know, like what a nerd, what a dork, your little poster board that you drew. Um, anyway, uh, great match. Right people won. FTR came out. Brawl. Everyone's booing the hell out of them. No Tully. Um, you know, straight off their loss, their 30-second loss to the Lucha Brothers and then attacking Darby and Sting. But, hey, people people want to see this. This is great. And, you know, it's going to keep FTR on something they feel is important. And I, I don't know when it starts in AEW, so I don't know why they started this Sting-Darby thing, but it's not like AEW doesn't drop things whenever they want to anyhow. So here we go. I hated the post-match. Um, and, and here's why. At the end of this entire brawl, who's standing in the ring posing? FTR. The Briscoes are the ones who are being held back and being pushed up the ramp to get out of there. The Briscoes should have had their moment in the ring at the final Ring of Honor show. It should have been FTR being pushed back and and basically escorted out of the building. That was the one thing about the show I really didn't like. It should have been Briscoes up at Ring of Honor. I thought they gave FTR way too much to try to gain too much heat for a promotion that doesn't exist today. You know, it didn't strike me at the time because I just thought it was heel heat and, and you know, security was more comfortable with the Briscoes. But now that you say it, you're 100% correct. Yeah, that was my, my biggest issue with the show. I Like, it was really cool to see. It's cool that we're going to get FTR versus the Briscoes. It, it's one of the few dream matches left out there in professional wrestling. That was not the way to do it. Did and not they showed like up in person. Well, I would rather see... Santana and Ortiz versus the Briscoes. Ooh, that'd be good too. Then FTR. I mean, I know it's very similar styles versus two different complementary styles. I get it. Um, but maybe we'll see them both now. I mean, the Briscoes seem rather ageless. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to wrap things up for your final battle review show. Thanks for watching and or listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button on the platform that you're visiting and then hit us up at the Hameen Media Group at Hameen Media Group, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, you can find the channel over at channelattitude.com. You can find myself and Jeff both over at atmarkmedia.com. We do all kinds of shows over there. We are two of the four pillows of professional wrestling podcasting. Jeff, why don't you go ahead, put over the, the Hammerlock Hangover, put over the Garden of Doom, anything else you want to plug before we get out of here today? Hammerlock Hangover Wrestling Podcast with Big Daddy Cool, Stephen Pena. We're going to make you smarter. Uh, and if you go back and listen to some of the back catalog, you will, not that you have to, but you'll see how much we got right before anybody else was talking about it. Okay, Garden of Doom, my non-wrestling podcast. It's a journey every week into something that makes me curious and hopefully makes you curious too. So if you want to hear about giants, you want to hear about mythology, you want to hear what a black Israelite is, you want to learn about the different sects of Christianity, you want to talk to a medium, you, you want to talk to uh, about uh, uh, vampires, there's something for you on Garden of Doom. Every week is different. Uh, we, though we did have a theme month on UFOs, where, uh, but very different stories. So check that out. Both, are, uh, both shows are on at Mark Media. So you can support the Jargonaut. Um, also on the PWC. So shout out to our friends over there. Chris Ams, Silence of the Ams, is a, is has been a guest at least three times on Garden of Doom. And we have him booked for at least two more coming into the next half a year. Norse mythology and Mormonism. So um, check that out. My Twitter is right there. Uh, everything else involves at Mark and PWC. So uh, Jargo's got that stuff covered. We will talk to you probably in April for the relaunch of Ring of Honor. <laughs>
And if not, thank you, Ring of Honor. That'll wrap things up for Jeff and I, and we will talk to you next time. Stable, my friends.